Welcome to Cycle Breakers and Moneymakers, a podcast for women of color and first gen who are breaking generational cycles and glass ceilings by going places no one before them has ever gone. I'm your host, leadership coach and eldest daughter of immigrants, Mariella Delamora. I left a 16 year marketing career to create a multiple six figure a year coaching business as a single mom. Each week, you'll learn how to build unshakable self trust, become in demand lead with confidence, and make more money by being more of who you are. Hello, everyone. I am so excited to bring you our guest today. Her story is amazing. We're going to have so much that we're all going to learn today from her, her story, and what she's been able to do. So I'm excited to introduce Lorraine. Lorraine is a Latina life and business coach for high-achieving women who want to fearlessly expand beyond their nine-to-five. She is an attorney by day. She has a wife, a mama, and one of the funniest, most down-to-earth people who like literally makes everybody around her feel at ease. <laughs> you will love her <laughs> instantly. Lorraine has been part of both cohorts of Reclamation Mastermind, and she and I met in a previous mastermind that we were both in. And so Lorraine, on multiple occasions, has been like she's booked multiple clients in just like a matter of a couple of weeks. And so we're going to talk through like how that happened, the lessons along the way, and really just like unpack those in a tangible way for everyone. And so we also are going to talk about how last month in September, she went through a really hard time personally, yet she was still able to process that instead of push it aside and go on to book four clients nearly back to back making her not only a booked out coach, but now with a two month wait list. So get on it if y'all are listening and have been thinking about working with Lorraine. (laughs) So today we are going to talk through what Lorraine went through and how she showed up for herself during that time that allowed her to process versus push through it, which we all know many of us who are high achievers, we think we're processing, but we're really just putting it in a box. We also are going to talk about the specific tools that she used to retrace her past successes uncover what her own unique success recipe is, and to use that to refocus herself on serving her community in her unique way, how that turned into multiple clients and booking out with a waitlist within the month. And I also am going to ask Lorraine to share like what has made the biggest difference for her in creating the results that she wants in her business without her business becoming her whole identity and source of validation. And then I'm going to share some of the things that I have personally seen as a coach and clients who book out in a short period of time. And they're really, you know, simple shifts doesn't mean easy, but we're going to talk about that and all of those lessons here on today's podcast. So very excited to dive in. Hello, Lorraine, and welcome. And thank you for being with us today. I'm so happy to be here. And it's such an honor to be like amongst I was telling my people, I'm like, I'm gonna be in the first handful of episodes. So yes, launch first three episodes, launch episodes. So everyone on launch day, I'm very excited for everyone to hear your story on launch day. So tell us a little bit about your story and what makes you unique as a coach. A little bit about me and my story and my background, how I became a coach. I'm a lawyer. I actually have a business degree, which I forget to tell people all the time. I have a whole last business degree. I'm a lawyer. I've been practicing for 12 years now. I work for a wonderful nonprofit in Connecticut and have done so for the last 10 years. And probably five 
probably longer, six years ago, I kind of had that dark night of the soul. I had turned, I remember turning 30 and being like, I've checked off all the major things that my 16 year old self put on the list years ago. And I was like, I have the house. I have a great partner who's now my husband. We renovated a house together. We were planning, you know, to get engaged and get married. I had a job that I actually really liked and enjoyed. Great circle of friends, lots of travel, just like all the glitz and glamour of your early 30s. And I remember thinking like, what else? What else? What's next? Am I supposed to be feeling this restless and this unfulfilled having checked off all the things that I thought were going to make me happy when I was 16 to 18 years old? And I think it's a very common experience that we have, especially if you are the eldest daughter of immigrants and you created a you know scheme for yourself of what your life was going to look like. And then you arrive there and it doesn't feel like what you thought it was going to feel like. And that's kind of when I started doing some digging and I don't know, like playing around and being like, would I like this? Would I like that? What do I think I would eventually like? Also thinking at the same time, I have so much like, why am I being so ungrateful? And why am I not, you know, why am I not happy with what I have already? Also, like, I'm not trying to be poor again. Like, all the thoughts. Like, I'm like... <laughs> Girl, I know. <laughs> that in thought in particular. That's why I'm like, oh, when I coach first gen, there's so much of like, it is. it hits different when you're like, I don't want to be poor again. And like, we just, that, that hits different because we actually have like memories or like witnesses of struggles that you're just like, I don't, that's, I don't want that. And that just ends up driving our behaviors and our fears. I think something that I reflected on probably a couple years ago, and I hadn't put two and two together is I was feeling really restless, but I had all these questions of like, what, how am I going to make this happen? How am I going to like, replace my salary and my lifestyle and, and, you know, be okay. And what really kind of threw me into starting my business was losing one of my best friends, like very suddenly, really in a gruesome and unexpected way. And she was a friend that I would like dream with and like create plans with and be like, okay, this is what we're going to do when we, you know, get our money ready and like pay off our student loans and all that. And I think when she passed, that part of me was kind of like, what are we going to do? <laughs> what are we going to do? Like, yeah. like, for sure, like, we have to do something. And I felt almost, you know, responsible for living my life fully out on her behalf and kind of keeping both of our dreams alive. And it's unfortunate, but sometimes you do, you know, we end up needing these like very rough wake up calls to be like, okay, what is it that I really want to do? Yeah. Putting things into perspective and like revisiting. Yep. So that's how I started. One day I was just like, you know what? I think I want to be a coach. And I put it out there. Yeah. And I, I so resonate with like the feeling or the thought of, is this it? Is there supposed to be something more and feeling ungrateful? How do you think growing your business has looked different from someone who either doesn't have kids or a nine to five? So the beauty of this is I had both experiences. I started my business a couple years before I had Chase. He's three and a half now. So I had the time before having children and I had the time after. So I have the comparison and I've had my nine to five the whole time. I think the biggest thing is you don't really have time to overthink as much as you even your brain would like to. 
So on the one hand, you end up taking action a lot faster. You kind of roll with the punches. As a mom, I don't, I mean, I always tell people it's the hardest job I've ever done. But your ability to adapt to basically anything is so elevated that I think your nervous system is more adept to being an entrepreneur because it's also unpredictable, just like a three-year-old. And I think the time before I had children, what I remember being grateful about was that I didn't have time to go into some of the thought spirals and spin outs that some of my friends that were coaches that were full-time in their business had. Because I just didn't have the luxury to like not do anything for weeks. Like I was going to be doing something in my nine to five and something in my business to kind of keep it going and keep the thread going. So I would say one, you're much more adaptable once you're a parent. And then two, you just don't have the time to overthink decisions. You just have to make moves very quickly, which is productive when you're an entrepreneur. That makes sense. And I, I do think that we are adept at like being agile, things changing, being like, okay, what are we going to do? Like thinking on, on the spot and all of that. And even just being seen for that when you're growing your business, like being seen that like, okay, your circumstances are different. So like the way the decisions that you need to make, how complicated or simple things need to be is important too, because it's like, we don't, we don't have time. For and all that. I will add another one is like, your business is in no way the most important thing in your life. Anything that could happen in my business is like, as long as my kid and my family are healthy and safe, like anything that happens in my business, I can deal with. <laughs> Yeah. And that's the thing is like, you know, you obviously you're still important to your clients. But the thing is, is like, we're it's also like the level of like attachment to like that being the whole identity. It's sort of like you're able to bring perspective to everything. I think like parents to coaching will bring in like perspective on like nothing's the end of the world. It's going to be okay. Because you know, firsthand. (laughs) I think the end of the world becomes something happening to your child or, you know, to you so that you can't care for them. So then everything else kind of like falls down the totem pole of like the end of the world. It definitely is. And I know like one of the big reasons like you wanted to join Reclamation was like to be able to grow your business, but in a way that considered those other roles that you play in your life. I'm curious, how has that played out or how has like business felt different this year versus before? I think the reason I joined Reclamation was obviously after getting to know you, I I loved how simple your business was and also how you, you were in your business, right? And how it kind of supported the life that you had created for you and Pi. And it wasn't the opposite. Like you weren't contorting yourself to support the business. The business was, you know, moving in a way that could support you. And I also really appreciated that you had a whole ass corporate career before becoming a coach and building a business online. And that's so important to me because I think when we are stepping into business in a certain age and in a certain place in our career, we have a lot to lose. So it's important to be able to learn and build alongside someone that is like, I did the same thing. Like you came from a very successful marketing career and like leaving being a director to jumping into your own business, having that knowledge of like, the decisions aren't as easy as maybe it would be for somebody that's just straight out of college and hasn't built a certain reputation and isn't juggling multiple things at once. So I loved how simple your business was and and how you, you were in your business, but also that you had that experience and that you could relate to those of us that are leaving like very successful careers or eventually moving 
in that direction. I think those were like the things that were so important to me. And also like your marketing brain is like amazing. <laughs> I love doing that with y'all where I was like, okay, let's talk. I can sell as like, I can sell things that aren't even like that exciting or different. Coaching and people is like the easiest thing for me to sell. I'm like, oh my God, give me anything. I, I can tell you. Which is actually, I'll make this point because I think this was a, a big deal for me in terms of my shift. One of my limiting beliefs Mm-hmm. Last, I think I struggled with it last year and a little bit the year before that was like, I'm not unique enough or there isn't anything that's like putting me out there. And I've talked a little bit about this on my Instagram in, in recent weeks. There was just this feeling and it could have been when I started my business or during the pandemic when a lot of people came into online business. It just felt like you had to be like this controversial person, always with a beef about something or critique about something or like something that was like super va va boom in order to like grow your business. And I kept thinking as a result of that, that I needed to, that I wasn't unique enough to like keep growing my business that I had kind of come to like, like you need to do something different now because what you were doing before wasn't working. And one thing that I think you've really helped me step into and really own in the last almost, it's about to be a year soon that we've been working together is like you being who you are is already like special enough for your people. There isn't this like, if you're not the type of person that's going to be, I'm a lawyer, y'all. So these little beefs I've seen on the internet, I'm just like, I can always see both sides. So there was never a part of me that was going to be putting out content out there that was like super controversial because I'm like, every story has two sides. Yeah, that's so funny because I feel like that's also an attorney brain thing to say. And I think that there's also an era too in coaching where like people were heavily selling with lifestyle and some people still do that. So I think that if you're not like jet setting, you feel like, am I really like that different? And I think especially in the earlier stages where you actually feel like you forget that you have all these transferable skills and you don't actually realize that you and yourself and your life are relevant. I don't want to just give people fluffy pats on the back to be like, who you are matters because that can sound like something you roll your eyes at. And I'm like, no, it's actually a marketable difference. And we talk about how to tie that into your solution versus just like a nice fluffy thing that your coach might say. I'm like, no, I I have a marketing reason why your identity helps you sell. And so you don't feel like you're starting from scratch. And I remember our first conversation on this topic when you were just like, I think based on what you're telling me, like your ideal client is actually this person with these, like, this is like your person. And maybe the issue has been that you've been marketing or your content has been directed at not that person, right? Based on your background and based on the experience that you have as a professional, as somebody that's in their 30s, like mid-career, here are the people that are going to be attracted to what you have. And it isn't about being unique or not. It's really about, you know, can you help them get what they want? And here are the people that are going to find the fact that you're not a a huge risk taker, that you've built your business alongside your nine to five, that you have like a reputation that you're trying to protect while you build your business. Like they're going to see all of that as a value add, the fact that you're a mom, that you're a woman of color, like all of these things are going to be like, yes, you get me, you get me, you get me. And I remember that conversation we had just kind of like flipped the switch for me because I was like, oh, I unconsciously have been trying to problem solve a problem that doesn't exist. (laughs) Yeah. I remember the conversation because I remember saying like, sometimes we don't realize we're being broad. 
And as you were talking about yourself and your background, and I was like, okay, tell me about your clients. Then I realized like, oh, there's this common thread where like they come from licensed backgrounds. And when you think of a brain that comes from a licensed background versus a creative background, this is going to be a lot more of a logical thinker, step-by-step, risk-averse, risk-assessing person. And like that was the unmet need that you solved for. Cause I was like, these people need to be seen and understood differently. You're not going to be like, follow your fear and like do the thing. They're going to be like, no, I have, (laughs) I have a family and I have a house and I want to, I want to know the pros and cons. And so they really did need you to, in a way, like be the person that you are to show them what's possible and to like, see that these were the things that were going to get them, they were going to get hung up on. And it makes sense. But I think realizing how specific can I get with my people that and like what makes them different than like anybody else's, you know, niche. And I think when you have, you know, thinking about our time together, when you kind of like remove that as a problem in the first day, you're like, oh, I've just been looking at this like the wrong way. So then I think my energy and efforts completely shifted into, I think what started it all was writing like 20 either hesitations, problems or desires that like my person has. That's super specific that only I would understand as a fellow woman of color in corporate in a super traditional career. Like Mariela said, it's like, I always joke, my ideal client has a license. She's a nurse. She's a lawyer. She's a doctor. She has some sort of very traditional career that requires some ethical duties and real life like knowledge to do. What would that person be worried about, even though they're having these thoughts of like, I want to do something different. I think I'm supposed to be doing something beyond what I'm doing. What is the list of hesitations that they have? And like, what is the list of desires that they have? And I remember when I, this is one of the tools, y'all, pause for the tool. When I had this moment of like, okay, I'm going to write out these 20 things. It just kind of flipped my content totally around because I was like, okay, I'm addressing these very specific 20 things for the next few months. Yeah, you got hyper specific with your marketing. The thing is, is like when you know your exact person and you know their brain, then you're like, I know I can pluck a thought out of your brain and be so specific with it that it's like, damn, okay, yes, I'm doing that. Or yes, I want that. And that doesn't have to take a lot. You know, I think that that just took us chipping away at who are the people that you're able to see, you know them so well, and how can we put that into your marketing? And I think that's just a good example too of like how we don't need to completely revamp stuff. Like once you've landed clients, this isn't about like gutting your business and starting all over. It's literally tweaks. And that is, I think that's also a part of what's allowed you to book out too, because you did know your people. So you weren't trying to do multiple things at once. You knew them really well. So then it just came down to like going back to that actual information that you have written down in terms of the desires and problems and why you and all those things. And also your success receipts, which we'll talk about later because I'm going to ask you about it. So now I want to just kind of dive in on like how you navigated a tough time recently in September last month. I just thought it was such a powerful example of how life is always going to life and we don't exactly know what is going to happen and how I really just see like growth and business sustainability as being so much more about like how you show up during those challenging times so that you can continue to take the actions that you want to take rather than feeling like you're completely subjected to life or how you're feeling. 
tell us a little bit about that time and like, what did you do to get through it, to process it versus push through? Like, can we tell us a little bit about the time and like what really helped yeah, you? Probably for the, not quite a year, but almost a year, my husband, Chris and I have been trying for our second child. And I'm going to tell you guys like this, the first time around, I didn't even know if I really wanted to type children. I was kind of like half and half. And I was very detached with the situation. And as life normally is, because I was super detached, we had no trouble conceiving my son Chase. And it was all I had a great pregnancy, had a great labor delivery. It was all great. Now, when we're finally at a point where I have the mental capacity to think about having a second child, we started trying a year ago. Um, for reference, I'm 39 now, so I was 38. So I had some thoughts that maybe it was a little bit going to be a little bit harder. So earlier this year, we had been trying for almost six months already. And my doctor was like, all right, bitch, you're 39. Like, we kind of have to like, figure, figure things out. And we started the process of just like figuring out our fertility and where things were. In the middle of that process, I ended up getting pregnant. And I was like, yes, I don't have to deal with any of learning all this new stuff about fertility treatment and all the options or even going through it. And I ended up having a miscarriage at seven weeks. And when I was thinking about it earlier today, I was thinking about sharing this with you guys and and how I've said it before has been like, I was just seven weeks, which I think is how I've heard my friends say it when they have early miscarriages too. And today I was like, you know what, I'm not going to say it like that. Because I think now that I'm on the other side of it is like a loss is a loss. It is. Yeah. And it really doesn't matter. And I didn't realize that, you know, I'd never had one before. So I didn't realize, I remember getting the news and knowing very quickly that, you know, the doctor basically was like, you know, it's very likely that you're going to miscarry based on what we're seeing. And I remember just focusing on like the physical aspect of it, of the process, because I had never been through it. And I was like very anxious and like, is, you know, is this going to be painful? Is it going to be like traumatic? And I wasn't really focusing on the emotional part. So I remember I told Mariela and Boxer, like I, you know, a couple of weeks later, I was like, I felt like I had processed it, but I had really just processed it logically. You know, like this isn't the end of the world. Like we can try again. We have options, you know, all of the things that you tell yourself. And I had not really one I had not finished it takes a toll on your body as you know if you're listening if you've been through it it is like a roller coaster of hormones happening it's a long process so it's like physically you you may miscarry and then it's going to take you like you know weeks and months and to feel like yourself again and then also emotionally so I had only processed it logically which is very on brand for me and emotionally and physically, I needed time. So I remember giving myself, I don't know, you know, I'm fucking crazy. So probably a few days to be like, okay, are we, are we fine? And then the next two weeks, at least, I felt like I was moving like molasses. Like my brain was slow. My body was tired. Emotionally, I just felt so drained and. I remember venting to the girls on Voxer, including both of our friend Yudi, about it. And she was just like, you need to just listen to your body and slow down. Even if it feels like you're not making any progress on anything, that's fine. 
give yourself the physical space to heal, give yourself the mental space to just be mad or sad or like, whatever. And I think when we have moments like that, it feels you're kind of like, duh. And then it feels a little shameful that that wasn't your first reaction. You caught yourself in that you wanted to shame yourself to be like, I should know better. And it's like, no, you're literally for the first time validating your actual emotions versus just intellectualizing them. Yeah. So then you're like, Oh, I can't believe like I was trying to make myself move forward so quickly. Like I really should have known that it was going to take me longer to heal. So it was like shame upon shame. And I remember inventing in Boxer and getting so much support from the girls, especially from Yudiana. And we talked a little bit on the side about it, but it was still very hard because how I'm wired and we've learned so much about nervous system regulation during the mastermind, how I'm wired is like, when shit hit the, hits the fan, I just go faster. Like it's not like... <laughs> And we can talk this speak because in reclamation, we nervous system regulation is part of this. And Yudi is, you know, our, our resident expert coach here. But it's like when you said when things get when shit hits the fan, you go fast. You and I, I think both do this. I'm comfortable in fight or flight. I'm like, fight or, fight or flight, me get stuff done. I know how to put my feelings in a box. And I we don't have time for this. We're just going to get stuff done. And then we realize we just kind of chill there and we live there and we're comfortable there, but it's not necessarily like in our best interest. It really isn't. And it's like, when you think about it, those of you that are listening, it's like you kind of have a default nervous system state that feels more comfortable to you. So it's like, Mariela and I are like, we're going to go up. Like, we're going to go higher. (laughs) They go low, we go high. Let's have all the problems. I was like, no, I'm done. I'm good. I'm good. Like, so what do we need to do? And it's like, your body's like, okay, girl, hang on. We've got some feelings about this. And you're like, I know, but like we talked about those already and we have to, we have to do stuff. And that does protect you. But it's like this beautiful part of getting to the point where you're like, I could do that, but I don't want to do that anymore. Cause I don't want to, I don't want to grow that way. And I don't know if you feel this way, but for me, it's a little bit of the fear of the opposite, which is the low like the shutdown, it's almost like I could feel my body saying like, I need to shut down. And I was just like, no, we don't. We don't need to shut down because being revved up feels so much more comfortable and safe because then at least I'm getting shit done. I'm moving things forward. Like I can be sad and get shit done. And the fear of the shutdown, I think is what usually revs me up even higher But I honestly couldn't physically do it. Like I wanted to speed up and I was like, my brain was just like, no, my body was tired. So I was like, all right, I guess I have no choice. I have to slow down and process and really ask for support. So one of the main things I did was, so Mariela has this, it's a Google doc, but it's really more of an awareness tool called success receipts. Where when we have really good months, we kind of go back and reflect what were we doing? What were we thinking? What was different? You know, what felt hard in the moment? How did we support ourselves in order to do it? And as I was thinking about that, like, and I was reflecting at the end of September about what worked in September, I got coached 200% more times than I usually do in normal months, because I did not have the capacity to like self coach, which I'm usually like really great at. But I just didn't have like, I felt like I was failing at everything. Like I hadn't signed a client and this is very dramatic, guys. I hadn't signed a client in maybe like, I don't know, four weeks or something. 
And I just had a miscarriage. So I wasn't getting pregnant. Like I felt like I wasn't getting anything done at work. Like I felt like everything that I was trying to do, I was failing at. And I didn't, I was not in the right mind to like try to coach myself into a different feeling in the moment. So I remember Mariela had given us a bonus from our last round of reclamation. She's very generous. There's a lot of bonuses. And (laughs) But one of the bonuses was two weeks of Voxer support. And it just happened to be that I remembered, oh, her team had emailed me that I could use, start using the Voxer anytime between now and the end of the year. And I remember just hitting her up on Voxer and be like, hey, girl, I think I'm going to start my two weeks now because I'm just like stuck. And I got coached so much in September, not just through Voxer and her directly, but in the mastermind on Slack. And part of me, there's definitely some conditioning that would have been like, why do you need so much support? Like, what's wrong with you? Yeah. But even noticing that voice, it's like, why don't you just figure it out? And it's like, no, this is literally the difference between shoving it in a closet and actually working through it. Yeah. So I got so much support through that. And I did so much less than I normally do in my business. And even us comparing it to the last time I had downloaded my success receipts in like May or June, the amount of actual like sales generating activities that I did was like a fraction of what I usually do in a month. So logically, it didn't make sense that I was able to sign like I had two new clients and a renewal in a month where all I did, I feel like was bitch. (laughs) And tell us a little bit about, because you were talking about how the last time that you did your success receipts in, I think it was like the end of May, which was basically documenting back-to-back clients that you landed at the time. So you, this is how we put it in a bottle. This is how we document it, right? And give your brain evidence. You saw like you sent hella emails, you were posting, you were making offers. It was a lot of action. And then you, this is how you know you did less marketing, but you landed three clients within like a week. And then you just landed one this week. That was a painful. So that's why I was like four clients in like the last couple of weeks. Talk to us a little bit about like, what did you do differently this time in coming back from like what had happened? I think that in in general, so you guys know me and can like see yourself in me. I don't have an action problem. Like you give me some tasks to do and I'm going to be like, boom, 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 boom. So in normal circumstances in my business, like I'm always hitting the marks. If I decide I want to sign two clients, this month. And here's what I usually need to do to sign to a client. I'm going to be like, boom, 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 send the emails, post the content, go on lives, do all the things. So when I'm looking at June versus September in June, I was like feeling really good. So I made, I don't know, three offers average a day, like where I was inviting people to work. Yeah. You had like a hundred offers. I made like a hundred offers in a month. So quantifying that and comparing it to the result of signing three clients that month, it made sense. It was like, okay, this is, you know, this is what I did. I like went, I went for it. And I was also getting coached and I was also feeling good. And my fear, and I feel like we probably all share this fear if you're listening to this podcast is like, if I take my foot off the gas, I'm going to lose traction and I'm just going to slide down the hill. And everything that I've worked for up until now to get myself where I am right now is all going to be lost. So as I'm going through this like huge life event that I've never experienced before, and I'm feeling so uncomfortable that I'm needing like so much support to like, just get through the day and parent and like be present. There's definitely a part of me that's like, this is going to be a wash in business. Like this month is 
going to be a wash and it's okay. Like I, I remember saying like, it's fine. Like you're taking care of yourself. You're taking care of your life beyond business. It's okay to like slow down and be present for your life. Like this is what we're working for. And, and this is like what it's all for so that you can have the time and, and space. And I think that there will be many a time in my life where, you know, slowing down doesn't equal like four clients, right? Yeah. And that's important too, because this isn't like, oh my gosh, we successfully processed this thing so that we could like go and land more clients. It's like, no, you just, you, you mentioned something in your success receipts around kind of taking what happened and then being like, you wanted to turn it into service. It's all about the place that it comes comes yeah. from. So Marilla was it was kind of teasing me a little bit because she's like, you know, most people don't feel like shit and then ask how can they help other people. And I think this is uh probably something that was like hardwired from when I was small. And I think it's such a part of our culture as Latinas and as people of color to be more community focused than self-focused. So I think the thought of like, how can I help somebody else? was probably like, you know, it's, it's, it's hardwired and conditioned from being a child and being like, okay, it's not all about me. There's a community who needs me. Right. And then I think I realized as an adult that when I get into these like lower moods and these funks where I can't get myself out of it with my pure will, like sometimes I can, that for me, the next best thing is to focus on other people's problems. <laughs> so I- <laughs> Yeah. But it's funny because you weren't, you're not describing that in a way of like, I'm going to serve so I can get something back. You were just like, I just want to channel what feels difficult and full of grief for me right now. I want to channel that into service because that's going to make me feel good. And there's a detachment there of like, the service is going to feel good no matter what. So I feel like that's an important thing to note too. You didn't come at it with like graspy energy, which it happens to all of us. So, you know, it's hard to have detachment when you actually do want an outcome. But like, I hear that in the way you're telling how you should. And I was joking about it on stories recently because I was like, isn't it always so much better to just focus on other people's problems and like not have to do, not have to process our own emotions. So a little bit, it was definitely a coping mechanism of like, I want to help somebody else. Like, I don't want to think about my problems this week because they feel overwhelming. I want to think about my clients right now problem and how can I help them? And how can I, you know, because they're listening to me on my stories too, right? Like they may not be asking for coaching or we may not be meeting that week, but they're listening to my stories. So I'm thinking, you know, about particular clients that are having certain issues. And I was using Mariela's deck as inspiration. It just happened one day, like I was having coffee in the morning before everybody was up. And I was like, you know what? I feel like pulling a card. And then I pulled the card. And I was like, oh, this is such a good message. Like, I feel like talking about it. Maybe it'll, you know, serve someone. Yeah. And for context, like the deck that you're talking about for anyone listening is I have a custom deck called Cycle Breakers and Money Makers. Funny enough is the same name of the podcast, but it's something that I worked with my client Chelsea to actually design last year. And it's basically a deck of cards with 52 different Mariella-isms of just like different like pieces of wisdom and things that I've learned. And I put them into a deck and the only people who have this deck are my clients. And so you were pulling, I think during that time, you were just like, I'm just going to pull a card and just talk about it on stories because I was going to ask what made the difference. And you literally just started doing this every single day. So, okay. I did so much less that month, but I always like to do, to think about doing things like marketing in a fun way. Like I've never done anything in my business that wasn't fun. So I'm like, you know what, for me 
processing. How I know what I think is usually by writing. But I really didn't want to write emails that week because I wasn't like my brain wasn't working. And I was like, talking it out is actually like second best. And I love stories. I love lives. And I was like, you know what, I'm gonna pull a card. And I had a lot of thoughts about the card. And I was like, you know what, I'm just gonna like prop my phone up. Usually y'all if I'm doing a live, I have my tripod, I have my hair done, I have makeup on like I look cute, because then I want to share the live. But in this moment, (laughs) I had I literally had a cup of coffee, my hair was up in a crazy bun. And I just propped my phone on like something on my counter and I started talking. But it was one of those moments where you're inspired to do something and you don't really know why. But throughout my business, I have always followed those moments of inspiration because I've had so many confirming moments where people have been like, that's exactly what I needed to hear. And funny enough, one of the first cards that I pulled was the one about the bird in the branch. Oh, yeah. It was like personal power is the branch. So it's like there's the bird on the branch and personal power is the bird knowing it can fly. I have the ones that I've done already pulled aside so I don't do them again. So I'm just going to read it to y'all. Personal power is a bird on a branch. Circumstantial power is the branch. Where am I forgetting I can fly? And this was me reading it on the thing. And I'm just like, okay, girl, because I was picking them. I was picking them at random and I'm like looking at it like, okay. So I went on to tell my people what I thought about it. And then one of my new clients, actually, we just got off a call recently earlier in the day. She's like, oh my God, I was just went on a walk and I was contemplating life. And like, I was having like my weekly existential crisis. And then I saw a bird on a branch and I don't know why I focused on it. And then I went on stories and I was watching your stories and you were talking about the bird on the branch. And she's like, we need, we need to talk. And I'm like, what? Like I was, <laughs> I love how she got the sign from the universe. Like she needs to work with Lorraine and all you were doing, you're like, whatever y'all I'm, I don't have makeup on. I'm just going to pull a card. I'm just going to serve my people on stories and literally client. Like it can actually be that simple when you're just like, I'm detached and I'm just in service. I think you said you, you called it like being in service and curiosity or something like it just that was your recipe. Yeah. So I'll tell you guys about my recipe in one second. But my what made it the most funny to me is because when I pulled that card, I was just like, what the, fu- what the fuck is this? <laughs> I was like, okay, I was like, okay, Lorraine, gather your thoughts real quick, because you wanted to like choose cards live on stories. And then of course, somebody comes back and says like that visual was just like, and she's like such an amazing vibe. Like she's very grounded and witchy and just like this awesome vibe. So her that visual for her was like all she needed in that moment to be like, we need to work together. And then in terms of the success recipe and formula, um, I was sharing about this on Slack earlier in the week, I found in reflecting over the last month was just like, it's curiosity, plus a desire to serve. So service, minus overthinking, and perfecting things. And that's how I create demand in my business and new clients. Curiosity plus service minus overthinking equals, yes, the clients. <laughs> and even though it's not like, okay, cool, I'm just going to like plug this in, you, we obviously have to learn the skill sets to support us in each one because you can't just be like, I'm just not going to overthink. But it's having the self awareness of being like, okay, I see this coming up and going back to the feeling of it is super important. And also, there's one part of it, and I loved your answers for it on the success receipts is like, what did you let go of? 
because I think that there, we talk a lot about doing, but equally important, if not more important, is what we surrender to. So I was like, what were some of the things that you let go of trying to do or like, what did you surrender to? I'm looking at my success receipts right now, guys. So I'm reading it to you guys because, you know, your brain, the, the reason these tools are important is because your brain will forget real quick. It'll be like, I don't know how to sell. I've never signed a client in my life. Like, I'm never going to sign anybody else. Like, because you're feeling shitty that day. Like, that's what your brain will provide. So the first thing I think I surrendered for sure was I surrendered to the pace that my body was physically deciding and wanted to fo- to be in. It was like an incredibly slow pace for who I am for a full two weeks. And then even after the two weeks, like I still, then I got sick. So it's like, I still have, haven't felt a hundred percent in the last couple months. I felt like I was barely moving or getting anything done in my life or in my work or in my business. Y'all should see my to-do list because I was just like, if I do not get this off my to-do list, like I needed to get a document notarized and I felt like I was being haunted by it. And I'm like, if I don't get this off the, my to-do list, like I'm I'm done. Also, what does done mean? I have no idea, but I was very frustrated with myself. So I surrendered to like the pace that things were moving on. I really released the shame that I had about the number of offers or the the amount of selling I was doing or not doing for that matter while I was recovering from the loss. I also decided on one offer again. I had kind of expanded to two because your girl, she has moments where, yeah, I'm multi-passionate. I have moments where I want to mix it up. And Mariela just indulges me. And then like we come back to the drawing board. So I (laughs) decided on one offer and really like grounded into the value that that offer brings. So that simplified what what I had to offer people. It wasn't like, oh, like I have a one-on-one coaching spot open and or you could join the group next month when I open it. It was very clear that it's just one-on-one for now. And then the last thing was how I run my clarity calls or my sales calls. I just decided to, again, just be myself, be present, listen closely, figure out how I can help them. And this was a repeat action from the last time that I I signed several clients in a few weeks. It was just like, there's no right way to do this. It's all about just tuning into what they're needing and what they're saying. And then just being yourself. Yeah. And so I love that you gave yourself evidence that doing less actually could create the same results or more because you've also, you know, your offers are more streamlined now. You don't have like a variation of different offers. So like you're actually able to create better results through less action and not pushing through. And then you were also able to build on lessons from the past of like what has worked. And so you didn't have to start with like a blank slate with your brain because that's typically what your brain wants to do and say, we don't know how to do this. Or that was totally a fluke until you show it. And which is why I was like, if you could show your brain the receipts, what would you put on the receipt? And so I love that you were able to go back and reference that because I think that in a time when when you're going through a hard time, your brain has a harder time being like, let's think logically about this. Like, let's look at all options involved. It's like, you actually have to put your head down and like, look at facts rather than trying to use discernment. Because at that time, there's just a lot of emotions coming up which is why I I advocate so much for like when we're creating something or when we're feeling good, bottle it up in belief bookmarking, leaving yourself a voice note, documenting how you did stuff, because that's planning for you to be human. That's planning for the, the version of you that doesn't feel super great to go back. And it's like you're leaving little breadcrumbs for yourself back to yourself again, or back to your past results again. 
And I think how you've structured and the tools that you've provided us in the mastermind, it shows such a deep understanding of who your people are, because we all are. Some of us have been diagnosed with ADHD. Some of us haven't. Like me, I haven't gotten an actual diagnosis, but just being around other people with it, I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, I probably have it. So that the tools are created to support you in the expectation that your mood swings are a little swingier than normal people. Your high, very productive, very creative, you know, cycle to like the lows, like that's probably going to happen again. So what we have built in or what you have built in is like the success receipt, something that tangible that you can look back on and remind yourself of the belief bookmarking that we do with the I am app and with recording our, our highs. Yeah. Like recording voice notes to self and like whatever version screenshots, all of that evidence. We do a lot of evidence gathering so that the version of you that wants to believe it was a fluke is like, no, it's not. Look, we have proof right here. Because I think when you don't have that self-trust, you're like, wait, I need to see it. Yeah. And I mean, I think we're all like that. We're all like, okay, how did how did I get those clients again? Like, where did they come from? Oh, they didn't fall from the sky. Like, I actually have a business that I show up to every day. And it sounds silly, but as simple as that is, almost all of us in the mastermind have had moments where it's just like, hold on, the rabbit hole you're going down is like giving me that like, you don't remember who you are, or like, you don't remember that you've booked all these, like you're booked out or that all you've created all this. And so you not only have the support of people, you have tangible things that you have filled out when you were feeling great to remind yourself of like, oh, I just forgot for a little bit. And it's okay to just be in a shitty mood or to be low energy or to be dealing with life for however many weeks you need to do it. And then when you come back to it, like Mariela, like you said, you're not starting from scratch. You're pulling up like this week, I can actually use it as an example. This week, I've just had mood swings. And one morning I was like, I don't have any clarity calls on my calendar for this month. I'm not going to hit my goal. That was so good. Oh my gosh. Yes. Tell them because that blew my mind when you posted that in Slack. It was so funny because I wanted to be like, girl, it's early October, but it's so funny what you did. Okay. Tell them. It was so so good. I I do want to tell you guys on today when we're recording this this is October 6th, right? And this already happened two days ago. So it was an honor. So we're talking about October 4th. about October 4th. What my brain provided me that morning, fresh off the press, was because you don't have any calls on your calendar, any like sales or clarity calls, you're not going to hit your goal this month. And I was just like, well, it's October 4th. But I don't think that even occurred to me in the moment when I had the thought. And this is, I think this is the power of self-coaching, right? Of, Of like forcing yourself to write down with a pen how you're feeling that day and what you're thinking. Because when you see that, you're like, okay, bitch, it's like October 4th. It's wild. Okay. So then what I asked myself after, you know, working through the drama was how do I create demand? Like, how do I create clarity calls and consultation calls? Like, how have I done it in the past? And I had just done my success receipts like the week before. So I opened up the Google Doc and I was like, oh, this is how I do it. So I was like, okay, here's what I'm going to do today. Like these three very simple things and I'm going to throw it out there. And I kid you guys not, like probably four hours later, somebody DM me and she's like, hey, like I'm coming back. We had had a consultation call earlier in the year. This woman is like very recently postpartum and she's like, 
we need to talk. I have four months to myself with this baby and I want to work on some things. Like, when are you available? And I gave her my availability. And then she's like, let's talk tomorrow morning. And I was like, okay, girl. So I'm sitting there. I'm sitting there on my deck because it was so beautiful outside here this week. And I was just like, you know what? I need some sunshine. I'm going to go sit on my deck and contemplate life. And then I look at my DMs and I'm like, oh my God, I created a consultation call. You did. Like the same freaking day. It was almost like a shut up to your brain. Like, see, we did it. (laughs) And it isn't always going to be same day, but it's wild that it, it was the same day and that the client was like so excited and so eager to start. So it wasn't even like a, hey, let's find out more about this. It was like, Hey, I'm ready. <laughs> yeah. She was like, Hey, I'm ready. We had the call. We caught up. She's like, Send me the contract. I'm in. I'm paying in full. I'm like, Okay, girl. Like, I'm just chilling here, minding my own business. I-, I love that by the time you posted it, it was like, it was so fast that you were like, Here's how I felt this morning. I self coached. I went back to my such receipts. This is what happened. The call is tomorrow. And then the client says yes. So it's like, it doesn't always mean like doing the most. And you're like, I need to address all their objections. I need to send a million emails. And it's like, sometimes yes, but no, that it doesn't always have to be like that. Like the path between you and your next client can be so simple. So I wanted to ask you a couple of closing questions. So firstly, is there anything that you want anyone listening? Like if they're listening at this point and they're, you know, they resonate, what would you say about reclamation and who you think it's for? And like anything that you haven't mentioned yet about like how it's helped you? So I told Mariela after round one, I was like, I think you created reclamation for me. So if you resonated with anything that I talked about today, then you will probably be a great fit for the group. I think in general, all of us are, I would say a little bit older than your normal like business mastermind. Like I think we're all in our 30s, maybe, maybe Ariel's still. <laughs> but you know what whenever there's somebody in our group that's in their late 20s they are old souls like they in, in their soul they are older than me um but most of us are you know like either old souls or in you know have had previous careers like some of the women in there are, are we're still in our careers and we're building business some have moved on from their careers but when we introduced ourselves last round i was just wowed by like the breath of experience and different experience that everybody in the mastermind had. A good amount of us are moms to either one or multiple children. So we understand like the pulls on time. And, you know, when we're talking about strategy and all of that, like that's a huge focus of like how much capacity do we have? Also, there is a huge focus on overall wellness and actually enjoying your life and nervous system regulation And not only growing a a business that's profitable and fun for you to run, but also feels good and fits into your life. And it's like nobody else's. I think that is a huge thing that I often forget to mention. Mariela's coaching, she has such range. So it's like you can really create your business how you want it to be. There is no cookie cutter. All of our businesses are very different. How we market across the board is very different. Some of us are heavy on Instagram, have built followings there. Some of us don't even have Instagram profiles. Like I, like some people are heavy. Yeah. There's some LinkedIn girlies. We got tons of speaking engagement and tons of referral, LinkedIn, Instagram. So everyone's not doing business in the same way. We're all kind of in our own lane and supporting each other. It's just a very 
safe and I would say fun environment to grow a business in. Yeah. I love that you said that, that it's like, it's, it's, it also feels safe, but like fun and people are supportive of one another. But I also like how you guys call each other out with love. Like you just did that recently. This is a good point to make because when you have a group of high achieving women of color in a group, nobody wants to brag on themselves. It's like impossible to get people. The poor little celebration channel was looking so in the crazy. It was looking bleak. And I was by myself in there. And the thing is, everybody is having amazing months, but there is yeah, definitely... I just have to chase it up. Yeah. There's definitely this sense of like, oh, that's not a big deal. And I mean, that's also some of the work that we do. Learning how to celebrate ourselves and each other is so important. And one thing that I noticed in the first round and beginning of this round was just people were hesitant to celebrate themselves. And then I was like, so excited for them. And I'm like, why would you hesitate to tell us that so we could celebrate that? And then you realize that you've hesitated to share things because you're like, that's not a big deal. Or like, so and so is doing this and that. So I think the focus on celebration and like taking up space is also really unique. Well, thank you so much, Lorraine. This has been so amazing. Like, this has just been so good. I feel like we walked away kind of looking at like, it can be a lot simpler than you think. Part of growing a business is honoring your humanity and not pushing through it and that you don't need to do the most in order to create the things that you want. So is there something that I haven't asked you or anything that you just wanted to say before we close out? I always say that this is how Mariela gets us is she's like, you're not that far off. It could be very simple. And you're kind of looking at her like, are you sure? Because I've been doing this for a while. And it seems like there is something very wrong with how I'm doing it. And then you walk in the door and you have like your first conversation with her. She's like, oh, no, you just have to like tweak this thing and this thing. And then you're like, oh, okay, I'm going to give it a try. So I think what I would say, especially for those of you that have been in business for a while or you've been trying it on your own or in different ways for a while, the tweaks that you need to make could be very minimal. She says it, you roll your eyes at her and then you try it and then it works. So that's totally possible and available. And I think it's just been such an easy shift. And a lot of the work that I've done personally is identity. And it's work that I was really resisting doing because it felt very uncomfortable. Like I knew how to problem solve other parts of business. And when you're shifting slowly further in looking at your business as your career and moving away from your actual career, it feels very risky and it can feel very vulnerable. And I think having Mariela who's done it and has walked other people through doing it when the stakes are high. And, you know, for me, it's like when I'm getting coached by someone who was like, her, she did it and her stakes couldn't have been higher. Like I have a whole ass husband that makes more money than me. You know, like if, if I was like, okay, I think I'm ready to go like full time in business, he would be like, okay. And when you did it, you did not have a, you know, long runway. Yeah, I just, I didn't have another runway. And I think that's one thing that I bring into like the people that I coach. It's okay if it feels like there's a lot on the line or you're leaving literally a multiple six figure job. Like we have somebody in the mastermind now who's, who's in the process of doing that. And it's like, when you do feel like there's a lot, you're leaving in a whole career that you feel like you have your identity attached to where you're actually making a lot of money. So like planning to quit that is definitely a different process. I don't even advocate for people to quit. I advocate steps down, fractional exec, all these different things, because I'm like, yeah, this is 
It feels different. And I think that's important to note that we don't just like throw risks out recklessly. You know what I mean? Like we actually do look at your life and what you need and the fact that it does feel like it is a huge identity shift in having a business and growing it and treating it like your career as well. And I think you know us each so well that you're able to tailor the advice to like, I know your particular hesitations about this versus it versus it being like, okay, here's like one, two, three, and and you're good. It's like this is what you each need in this season. And sometimes I feel like I would like to think that I can see what you don't see or I can understand this is what your work is in this season or like your resistance is in this season. So I appreciate you calling that out. Okay, final question is how can people connect with you? and work with you. Yeah, so I'm mostly on Instagram. So you can hit me up there. My Mariela will put it but it's low.martinez.bellamy. And that's where I hang out. Feel free to DM me if you have any questions if anything resonated with you. I love chatting on there. And also especially with people in Mariela's community, because everybody is so amazing. I'm working one-on-one with clients, six-month packages right now. <laughs> I'm thinking about when do I have an opening? You got to reach out because this could this could change wildly by the time you listen to it. Right. And this will be forever. People will be listening to this. So it's like, yeah, just, you know, getting in touch. Yeah. So you can reach out to me on Instagram. My calendar and all of that is in, in the link in my profile. And I would love to chat with you if any of this hit the mark for you. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you so much for sharing all of your wisdom with us, for being vulnerable, for, you know, just really being open. And I I can guarantee there's so many people who are like, I really needed to hear this. And I felt so seen and validated. And that's what leaders do. And that's, that's who you are in like so many ways. I just appreciate you so much. And thank you for being with us today. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be like amongst the first on the podcast, you guys, before it pops off completely. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. All right. Thank you. Now, if you have listened to this entire episode and you are thinking about working with me as your one-on-one mentor for six months, you can learn more and apply at marielladelamora.com. There you'll find dozens of client success stories from business to leadership coaching, which will give you an idea of what you can expect, the range of clients I work with, and my coaching style.